0: This is the Early Link Podcast. I'm Rafael Otto. Today I'm speaking with Chris Otis, Executive Director at Start Making a Reader Today, also known as SMART, and Michelle Gilmore, SMART's Senior Program Manager. SMART is a nonprofit organization focused on helping kids learn to read and getting more books into the hands of young readers. Chris and Michelle, welcome.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having Happy us. To be here.
0: Tell me about SMART and and some of the background and purpose of the organization and your role in SMART.
2: I'm thinking as we start to talk about SMART, it's important to think about the why in terms of SMART. And today in this community and in this state and in fact in this country, there are thousands of young students who are not reading at their grade level and who need support to get to grade level. We think of reading as being one of the really gateway skills for kids, not only in creating academic success for them, but I would say life success for them. And that's at the very heart of what we do at SMART. We've always had, for the 26 years that we've been around, had that one North Star. What can we do to support our state's earliest readers, and for us that's pre-K to third grade students, as they begin to learn to read. And our program is built very simply on two key principles founded in research that we know support successful early literacy. And those are shared reading time and access to books. And out of those things has come this very simple model that is pairing adult volunteers like those of us here with young students for weekly reading sessions where children are simply enjoying books, getting excited about reading, important to emphasize we're not teaching reading. We simply want kids to be excited about reading and opening up the books and and getting engaged in a story. And the other important part of what we do is giving books to kids. So every child in the program gets two new books each month. And at the end of the October to May program year, they've got 14 books that begin their in-home library.
1: Yeah. And um, the reading is one-on-one. So after about the second or third time of your showing up to your students' classroom, they know that you're that person who comes on Thursday mornings and reads with them and you have fun together. So as senior program manager for SMART, I work in East Multnomah County. So my schools are from 77th out to Troutdale and all the communities and schools in between there. And so that's 22 of them.
0: Wow. Wow. Okay. It's pretty fun great, great. good work <laughs> so tell me tell me about the the reach of the organization how many kids are being served number of books you've distributed how many volunteers does it take to pull this off? And, uh, and are you working in other parts of the state?
2: When we started, we had eight schools that we were serving. Uh, four of them were in the Portland metro area, and four of them were in central Oregon. And we served about 500 kids. And today, the program year that just ended in May, we were at almost 300 sites across the state. Most of those are elementary school settings, or our, our pre-K partners, is primarily Head Start. And this year, we topped out at almost 11,000 students that we were oh, serving wow. with support from almost 5,000 volunteers.
0: Okay, wow, that's incredible.
1: And that's in 281 schools and uh, preschools.
0: What's it like to manage that kind of volunteer base? I mean, that's it's got to be a challenge.
2: It's exciting and scary at the same time. (laughs) But I mean, our program is really powered by two things, and those are the people who raise their hand and say, hey, I want to be involved with you. I'll come and be a reader, and folks who are willing to give other time or treasure to support the program, and a lot of logistics that go into inviting people in and training them and recruiting them, and Michelle actually works on the ground providing a lot of that training to folks, and especially to what we call our site coordinators, who are 300 people, one of each on-site at each of the programs that we have, and they're really critical to making the program work on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, so
1: we're out in the community, and our biggest uh, way to find volunteers is word of mouth. So we're just always, you know, tell everyone about SMART. Tell, you know, like, tell someone you know. Tell one person you know.
0: Are parents and families involved? Do they have, or, uh, do you find that they can make the time to be to be volunteers?
1: Uh, that varies from site to site and people's availability. Actually, I know we're going to talk about Earl Boyles. My coordinator there is uh, actually a parent, and um, she coordinated the program mid-year, or all school year last year, and then went on to do the summer.
0: So, Given that you're working with so many schools and with so many parents, parents, there, it, there's there's a strong community engagement component to your work. Tell me more about that. I
2: think that goes back really to the beginning days of SMART. And it was a group of uh, members of the business community who were concerned about young students and the numbers of students who were not reading at grade level or with their peer group. And they at that time could have said to the education community, well, you folks ought to fix this. But instead, they turned to themselves and said, what is it that we could do to support our young students? And they developed this model that is engaging volunteers across the state in various communities to be part of that work. And it really is that community engagement that moves this work forward. I mean, across Oregon, this program is known and loved by volunteers who Some of them have been with us for 20 years as the program has moved forward, and it really does give people in the community the opportunity to plug in and engage and do something for kids in their communities. And it is fun um, being
1: the primary recruiter for my area and being at farmer's markets and being at Multnomah County Library book groups and people who may have, you know, even left us for a few years. And then they're so glad to see me and they're glad that I reminded them that they wanted to get back involved. So it's just being everywhere all the time and um, just strengthening all of our relationships in the community.
0: Talk about the effectiveness of the program and why why it works and maybe when are times when it doesn't work?
2: We know anecdotally that it works. And again, the program is founded on the principles that we know create successful reading and that those are shared reading time and access to books. And we've spent a lot of time marking and measuring the model and you can see sort of what I, I like to call sort of the smart magic As you participate in the program. And and while I am primarily an administrator and an outreach person for the program, I do get the opportunity to volunteer as well. And there is a simple beauty that comes from sitting down to share a book with a child. So we see that happening on a daily basis and we experience it over the school year. And we also do a lot of data that we collect every year to mark and measure and really have the proof points for the program. And teachers are our primary feedback loop on uh, students success, and they're reporting overwhelmingly 80 to 90 percent of the kids are showing marked gains in the variables that we're measuring, and some of those are very specifically tied to sort of the social-emotional side of the equation, so how excited is a child about reading, how often do they want to engage in reading, how interested are they in books in general, and then some are measuring more um, key principles to early reading, but overwhelmingly the information coming back to us is that students are making marked gains, and and our principals as we talk with them and survey them tell us that not only are individual students gaining from being in the program, but the school is fostering an additional culture of literacy that benefits really everyone there. Our two techniques that um, we
1: use are people, you know, the folks in the one-on-one reading sessions and then the books. And we know that that will help with reading motivation and engagement with kids. And then when they're more motivated to do it and
2: read, then they'll get better at it. I want to um, circle back to your Question about how when when is it not working? And that's an interesting question. And by and large, again, the program is effective for students. What's interesting is sometimes we have volunteers who will say to us. Wow, I don't think I'm I'm making an impact with this child. I don't think anything is happening here. And that may be after a couple weeks of working with a student, just spending time with them. But by the time they move through the end of the year, nine times out of ten, that volunteer will tell us, I had no idea that this would happen, that this young student, maybe this shy student, became an eager reader, or this young kindergartner who was barely sounding out letters is now putting words together. And they do see the progress. Over the course of that school year, it
0: can, can be incremental, but by the time you get to the end of the school year, suddenly you see how far you've come.
2: Exactly. Well, and I think on a larger scale, too, we have the opportunity to engage with our students in this relatively short window of time. But if we think about the longer haul, what we're helping to lay down for them is really life success. And we won't know student by student where that takes them, but we do know inside ourselves that that is a beneficial program for the students and that we are doing something good for them now and into the future.
0: Could you talk about your work with preschool students? And uh, I'm I'm curious about your perspective on reading and literacy before a child starts kindergarten.
2: So we initiated our pre-K work about seven years ago and largely based on research around uh, the power of early engagement. Our program prior to that had worked with kindergarten students up to third grade, which is certainly a critical time for them. There is, however, a growing body of research that will point to early engagement and why it matters to start with kids at the earliest possible time. So Head Start is a natural partner for us, and I would say primarily at that grade level, if you will, what we're doing is engaging kids in books, and it's more sort of the social side of the equation, encouraging kids to experience that one-on-one and understand books, and they, they hold them a certain way. There's a story inside those pages. And there's a lot of research that will point to not only is engagement with books at that pre school level really important, but even before that, before kids are even crossing the threshold into any kind of daycare or pre-K setting, that that parents are probably the first and most valuable teachers that students will have. And their simple act of engaging in a book with a child will go a long way.
1: So our preschool model looks a little different in that those three to five-year-olds tend to have shorter attention spans, and so we read with them for 15 minutes each, and they still choose the books and take them to keep. And we survey our preschool teachers as well, and they're seeing early literacy skills. One thing that a lot of them report is that the children during choice time, a lot more after reading with SMART, than they're choosing to read books instead of the toys
2: or the dress-up, which they're excited about. Well, and I think the other important thing to add in here is just the, the power of and the value of having books in homes for kids. So to your question about engaging with kids early on and parents as teachers in the process, simply having books in the home is valuable for students, and there's you know plenty of really interesting and compelling information behind that about what it means to kids to grow up in a home where there are books versus homes where there are not right. books for kids.
0: So you've got this year-round program or October to May program in schools, and then you also are involved in, in more intensive summer reading activities. Can, can you talk a little bit more about those two and and how they work?
1: Sure. We have a handful of programs statewide that we um, operate during the summer and we are super flexible with what our partners want. So I know, for instance, we have one right now that's going on where an apartment complex where the students live, where the children live, and the volunteers are going there and setting up and it's overseen by the complex. And then Earl Boyle's is unique because it's an infusion and uh, collaboration with lots of different partners. That's unique to us in that it's so academic focused and uh, we really do see the results.
0: Let's talk about what's happening at Earl Boyles because I want to hear more about why it's unique and if there are other partners involved, what was behind that and why is that effective?
1: Well, the Children's Institute uh, pulled our literacy partners together in 2012 and floated this idea. And so it was the Sun Schools Uniting Neighborhoods. It was Smart Reading Results, Children's Book Bank, and David Douglas School District, I believe. Sure. So we all came together, and what would this look like? And so we decided on this four-week program. The students would come to the Sun Reading Program, and then the David Douglas would hire a teacher, so they'd get some instruction. You know, then. It, SMART would do the um, reading engagement and love of reading and send books home with them. And then Book Bank gave each participating student 10 to 12 books to take, and they got to choose those. And then Reading Results did the tutoring with them. So all this burst of program for the students that were chosen by their teachers, they, we've seen, like, um, gains from the end of the school year. And it's students who are at risk of not meeting benchmarks when they come back to school. Right. And so test them at the end of the school year. And then when they come back in the fall, and not only did we prevent the learning loss, but the students made gains.
0: Wow, that's incredible.
2: Even in those four weeks, it's exciting. Well, and it's just, you know, we've worked with the uh, Reading Results and Children's Book Bank and a couple of other places. And the I think the interesting thing there is sort of the continuum of services that are being offered. So, the reading Results is a pretty intensive individual tutorial program designed for students who really need some more high-powered intervention. And SMART is promoting that love of reading, that working on that other side of the equation for, for students. And BookBank is providing this incredibly fundamental, tangible piece of the equation, which is let's make sure we get books in the hands of kids. Right, and what right. a wonderful opportunity for those of us who are in community-based organizations to be engaged in partnership with one another. As well as with the school. So, hats off to Erica and the folks at Earl Boyles who saw the power of really bringing us and other folks into that equation there.
0: And these are kids that we would call rising first graders or rising second graders. So, kids moving into second or third grade who are working in the summer program?
1: Yeah. This year it's all students going into third grade.
0: Okay. So, yeah. Okay. And how many students?
1: Um, 16 are in the Summer Bookworm Club, it's called. And then SMART, we recruited more volunteers than that. So we are reading with an additional six more. So 22 students and 16 of those are in the bookworm club with that teacher reading results,
0: smart combo. Is that combination or that that sort of team of partners working in other schools as well? Is is this really unique to Earl Boyles?
2: Well, we actually have a number. Those partners are working together along with a couple of others. So there's a unique program called the Shadow Project is working with students who have learning disabilities and Black Parent Initiative, working with African-American families here in our community. And together, the five organizations have a project called Read Together. And we are currently and have been for the past four years in five Portland public schools that they have designated as high need, and they asked us to come in and see what would happen if we sort of stacked our services in to both support students and then specifically in the case of Black Parent Initiative to work with families to engage them in the reading process with students. And it's been a really interesting and, and fun experience to be engaged with them for the reasons I said before, to, to look at the continuum of services that are available and to really engage with one another as we all work together to provide support for our youngest readers.
0: What Kinds of challenges do you see when working with like this number of partners in a in a single school? What's that like?
1: Earl Boyles is just so community-based and collaborative that it's wonderful. There aren't many challenges. We are, you know, we meet in begin meeting in March and talk about what the program is going to look like for the upcoming summer then we touch base via email and then we hit the ground running we're all old friends doing good work and then <laughs> we debrief <laughs> debrief in October and see the results and celebrate and talk about see you you know see you in the school because we're all there in various capacities and then we'll start it all again next March
0: are you involved in any other schools at David Douglas
1: we are we so during the school year we read a Earl boy Pre K and then Earl Boyle's kindergarten and third grade. Then we're at Gilbert Heights, we're at Lincoln Park, Menlo Park, and last year we read with over 170 students during the school year and gave away 1,900 books. We love David Douglas.
2: The only other thing I would add to your question about, you know, what's it like to collaborate with all the partners is that it does take some time and some attention to who's doing what and playing to the strengths of each uh, organization. But critical in that process is really a school and the administration in the school and a district that is really willing to understand and want the partnership and help coordinate that. And we've got that certainly at David Douglas and Earl Boyles.
0: It sounds pretty incredible to be able to design this summer intensive program and then see, you know, the fact that you're not, it's not just about um, preventing skill loss, but you're actually seeing some gains with kids through the summer intensive program. Is there anything else about in the in the data that you're seeing that would be important to highlight?
1: Just that the families report their students are excited to come to this. It's, you know, the summer learning and to the SUN program at Earl Boyles. Oils, and that they're seeing um, more reading happening during the summer as a result.
0: If you think about future opportunities for SMART or expansion, other communities that you would like to be working with, what would you like to see more of in the future? And what's getting in the way of that?
2: I think we'd like to see more of SMART around Oregon. At present, we're in 28 counties, which is some pretty good coverage, but we'd certainly like to serve some additional students. We know there are lots of kids out there who are not yet serving. So that's certainly on the horizon for us. But doing that requires that we have the resources to do it too. So we want to do it responsibly and, and be able to continue to serve those kids year over year. The piece that we're also looking at in the future is how do we bring this program not only during the school year and the school day to additional students but how do we reach kids that we're not yet serving in other settings so we have just completed the first year of some research and we're going to pilot some programs in our next program year and then potentially scale up the year after that in a model that we're simply calling out of school time for SMART and there are three primary components to that and one is more of the the summer programming that Michelle's been talking about at Earl Boyles. And second to that would be in partnership primarily after school with some other not-for-profit providers like Boys and Girls Clubs and YMCAs, because that's a place for us to engage with students on a regular basis. And then the third potential model is what we're calling community smart, which would have us taking our volunteers to key communities of children and adults that we who were not yet engaging with. For example, um, we have a pretty significant program out at Grand Ronde, where we are uh, on the reservation and tr- members of the tribal community are not only reader volunteers with us, but we're serving their kids. And that's us bringing the program to them and understanding what they need out of the program. And we're in conversation with another program in Yamhill County that's serving Latino moms to see if we can bring the program there to work with them and their children, all in the interest of understanding what individual community members need from us and engaging with them in ways that will support their kids.
0: Are there multilingual opportunities built into SMART?
2: I would say they're more incidental than intentional at this point. We certainly have a number of Spanish-speaking books in our collection. We have volunteers who speak Spanish. We have all of our training materials in
1: Spanish. On our application, we ask if the applicant speaks any additional languages. And so if they put that um, they speak Chinese, and then we have a student referred to us whose home (laughs) language is Chinese, we're going to try to pair those volunteers for
2: sure. And the work there, though, is really, you know, I would say more at its beginning stages. We've been able to do some good work around Spanish students who um, speak Spanish. But to broaden that out to other languages is potentially further out in the future for us.
0: Chris and Michelle, thank you so much for coming into the CIA offices today. Appreciate your time.
2: Thanks for having us. It's great to be here.
0: And if you want to learn more about SMART, you can go to the website at GetSmartOregon.org. This is the Early Link Podcast brought to you by Children's Institute. Children's Institute is working to ensure a strong beginning for Oregon's children. If you have a moment, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can also find episodes on our website at childinst.org.